When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. Quantity versus quality in business. This podcast episode was inspired from a phone call that I received a few weeks ago, and it was somebody trying to sell me a coaching program, very expensive coaching program. There was a pretty significant time commitment to the coaching program. I was aware of the the program. I wasn't really interested in it. Um, But this uh, person called me and it was a cold call because I wasn't expecting it. Um, And it was interesting. I did have the the lady on speakerphone and my husband, we were because my husband and I were just watching the show together. And so he kind of listened in a little bit and had some interesting input at the end of the call. But, and I, and I'm not here like being critical of any of the sales tactics that were used in this coach or in this call from this woman. I, let me tell you, I respect the hustle. Anyone who is out there and who can cold call, uh, bravo, bravo to you. That is tough. And it's not, not my jam. Uh, it's not something that I do or because I'm just not comfortable doing it. But bravo to those out there that are hustling like this. But the phone call kind of started off a little awkward because she tried to jump in and tried to sort of relate to me and ask me questions. Well, I don't know who she is. There was, There's never been a formal introduction. There's never been like, hey, I gave so-and-so your name and number. She's going to be calling you. This is what she's going to be talking to you about. There wasn't anything like that. So it was a tad off-putting, just being honest, as far as she was asking me where I'm from, how long I'd lived different places, how long I'd been in real estate. And I just kind of thought, who is who is this? And so I was a little, she could tell, I was a little uh, weirded out by the immediate familiarity with it. So what she did, she jumped into kind of telling me about herself again, awesome. Um, Again, another sales technique and really kind of throwing some numbers at me as far as how successful she has been in business. Fantastic. So the number that she threw out at me actually kind of um, just kind of sparked something within me. And the reason why is that she said, I generally do X amount of transactions per year. In my first year, this was my number. And I was like, awesome, good for you. This is this is really impressive. Um, and I meant it, honestly. But I, in my head, I was thinking, I don't want to, that's awesome that she did that her first year. But I'll be honest, that is pretty much my goal every year. Her first year number is what my, every year, my current goal is for every year. And the reason why is this. I operate my business, my real estate business, very similar to how I did with my professional organizing business. 
it's a very personalized kind of business. I really do enjoy getting to know my clients. I've actually made a lot of friends through business, through serving my professional organizing clients and my real estate clients. I like building that rapport, building that friendship. I'm 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 currently not at a point in my career where I'm interested in growing that number exponentially. And that's okay. And that's okay. And that's kind of what she and I disagreed on a little bit in the conversation. And the reason why is I, with my real estate clients, I know what my tipping point is. And I know because a real estate transaction can get really kind of tough sometimes. So I know that if I have X amount of clients and or open transactions or active transactions, if I go far beyond that number, I'm not going to be able to serve my clients how I like to serve them. Some examples being, I try to provide full service to my clients. So for instance, if we're waiting for a repairman to work on a house, I want to be able to be available so that my client doesn't have to take time off from work or travel back. If I am working with a buyer and we're doing showings and say the wife isn't able to attend a showing, I want to be able to be her voice. I really try to pay attention to what she likes, what she doesn't like, and that way give her really honest, open feedback about a property if she's not able to attend it. My broker, one I have I have several brokers. One of them actually laughs at me because he always says, Oh my gosh, you're poor male clients. It's like they have two wives. Because I remember like kids' soccer schedules or different things like that. So if I'm again, I can kind of be that reminder. So if I am scheduling showings, I generally know what their family schedule is. If I were to increase that number, then I'm getting things are getting really crazy and I'm not able to remember or to serve how I want to serve. And so even though I didn't go into depth like that in the conversation, I, I tried to kind of let her know, like, hey, I'm not interested in, in this coaching program and I appreciate that it works for a lot of people, but I'm actually okay with where I'm at right now. And then she said something that was a little triggering to me. And it, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but it had this sentiment. She said, don't you want to be more like me? <laughs> and I think this is where my husband kind of got a smirk on his face because this is a little triggering for me. This takes me back to like seventh grade where the no one wanted to sit at the same lunch table as me. Like I've just always been that. I was always that kid. I've, I've, that definitely carried over into adulthood. And for whatever reason, I just don't fit in with the cool kids, with the popular kids. And I feel like those, I just, for whatever reason, and I've actually learned to sort of just embrace this about myself. Like I'm not the most popular podcaster. I don't have millions of followers on Instagram. And you know what, guys, I'm actually like, okay with this. I actually kind of like this about myself. And apparently this woman is super successful, which is awesome. And I honestly, honestly, I know it sounds like I might be a little bit sarcastic, but I really do mean it. I, I know, especially with other people in business, again, who are hustling. I, I, respect it. I appreciate it so much, but I also know who I am. And so 
that made the conversation, I will say, when she presented whatever she said to me, kind of presented it to me in kind of a way that triggered me. And I said, actually, no, you know what? I I actually am very happy with where I'm at. And and in and the conversation kind of came to a quick end after that. So she had said, well, I'm going to keep an open invitation or provide you with an open invitation to this meeting that we're having about this coaching program. And she ended the conversation by saying, and please, if you do decide to come, come up and introduce yourself because I will remember this conversation. And we ended, we ended our phone call. So a tad contentious, I, I will say, and just perhaps coming from two st- people with very strong personalities. I get it. I have a strong personality too. Um, but my husband, when I hung up, he was kind of like, what was that about? And so I explained to him the gist of it. And he was like, you know, good job standing your ground. He said, I just want you to remember that if you didn't want to increase your business, remember back to one organized mama days. Remember how busy you were, what life was like, the sacrifices that you had to make. So good job standing your ground. And I really appreciated that feedback from him because sometimes I do. Sometimes I I do forget. And I will say, just being 100% honest with you all, there was a little part of me after I hung up from that phone call where I did second guess myself. I was like, ooh, maybe I should have been a little bit more open-minded. Maybe I should have just said, yes, okay, I'll be there. I'll pay the money. I'll, I'll invest the time. And so I had to, again, after my husband said that, I had to tell him, hey, thank you for, for reminding me of what my goals are because I can look back at my year we are we're we've just made this major move last year so things are still you know settling down we're still kind of getting into our new groove but also i am actually for the most part happy ish with where i'm going with both of my businesses with this podcast with my real estate i of course want more i want to grow but i'm actually really aware of how i want to grow in both And one of the biggest reminders on that was how I've been able to spend my summer. We had a crazy bananas kind of summer, but we also had some pretty big milestones in our family. My daughter turned 21. She lives in a different state than me. I was actually able to go and spend some really wonderful quality time with her and help her celebrate that big birthday buy her her first drink, let her buy one for me. We had a lot of fun. And also, I have a grandmother at who just turned 96. We don't know how many more birthdays that we have. And again, the the balance between spending that really quality time with my family where I had money coming in, I have bills just like everyone else. I was I'm able to bring in enough business where I'm I'm able to pay those bills and spend some time have the freedom that I want to spend it with those precious people in my life. I'm actually that I mean it kind of doesn't get better than that. Now, I also know that that can be fleeting, that that can be like business could increase exponentially. And I can just be that have that constant stress. And I've found that before where I was at I've been at kids dance recitals, soccer games, football games, baseball games, you name it and having my phone blow up with work where I have to go sit in the car. 
um, and take phone calls because I can't hear while every other parent's, you know, cheering for their kid. And here I am like texting and, and working. I've been there. But I've also, like I said, I am very, very aware because I've been in small business and business and worked for myself for so long. I'm very aware of those very rare moments like I did have this summer where I was able to spend quality time with my family and give quality service to my clients. But even that being said, what suffered? My podcast. I was not getting on the podcast and getting episodes out. So all something always has to give, right? And so I decided this is actually a pretty good topic to talk about on the podcast because essentially this is sometimes even driven by the money versus time decision that we all make in our life. And I've talked about this before. I did a podcast about which bag of carrots are you. So let's talk about carrots for just a second, buying carrots in a grocery store and why I use that example. That being said, I know I have a lot of listeners in different countries and I actually have a lot of friends that live in different countries and I love watching their reaction when they come to an American grocery store because the 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 choices are endless endless. We've had foreign exchange students and I love taking them to an American grocery store. The first time they're overwhelmed to say the least. And so if you're not, if you're listening in a different country, um, you may be surprised to know that when you go to an American grocery store and you buy a bag of carrots, you're not just buying like one bag of carrots, like how the carrots grow out of the ground. You nowadays probably have a minimum of five options. You have carrots in their natural state, how they grow from the ground. You have the little baby carrots that you can buy a bag where someone has peeled and chopped them and made them into cute little almost bite-sized carrots for you. You have shredded carrots. You have the carrots that are like cut in like little coins now. You even have the baby carrots that are now wrapped in individual little bags. So if you're putting together packed lunches, you can just throw in some carrots into the lunchbox. You don't even have to bag them up. They're already bagged for you. Did you know this? So when we're standing there in front of all of these different carrots, we are, whether we realize it or not, making a decision, a time versus money decision. We could just buy the carrots in the natural form. It's the the most economical choice that we can make. But we know when we're going home and then say we're we're preparing these carrots for a meal or for a lunchbox, we're going to have to take the time to peel them, chop them up, et cetera, et cetera. So it takes some time, sometimes 10 or 15 minutes. I actually hate peeling carrots. So I'm definitely grab the ones that are already peeled and cut. Because when I get home, they're going into a dish, into a meal, and I don't want to have to spend the time doing all that preparation. So I'm actually fine paying someone else to do the work for me. So it's a less economical option, but definitely more convenient. So it's always that economics versus convenience decision that we're, make, that we're making, time versus money. The same can be said for your business, perhaps when it comes to your marketing. One of the avenues that I have found to be successful with marketing my business, my real estate business, is by geofarming. And so I actually, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically finding 
an area, a neighborhood, and um, sending out different items. There's a lot of different techniques, but I do do two different types of mailers. One is a more economical option, but it, man, it takes me a lot of time. And that is my, I call it my local love vendor list. And so as I make connections with different vendors, other small businesses, because I am super passionate about small business, I love to try to help them grow their business too. So I'll make a vendor list and then I mail it out to my farm. I do it myself. I know I could pay someone to do it, but I also know how much time it takes. And so I'm always sort of like, oh, is it worth paying that money? Or how about I do, I actually also send out a content postcard. So the, the, um, mailers, the ones I do start to finish from me updating it each month to when I mail out the last envelope, it takes me about a week and a half to get everything out. And I don't, I should sit down and just do it all in one, but I don't. It's something that I do kind of like as I'm watching TV, I'll stuff the envelopes, put the stamps on, um, address them, etc. And yeah, about a week and a half, I try to give myself like, oh, I'll get these done this weekend. Never happens. On the flip side, when I do a postcard mailer, they are something that can be done through a company and I start to finish 30 minutes. I mean, I have it nailed down pretty well. And so 30 minutes versus a week and a half. One I can do for around a dollar and the other one is uh, probably a dollar fifty each. So I'm definitely, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I will tell you 50 cents multiplied by how many I send out, it can be kind of costly. And if I were to pay someone to do the mailers, it has a lot more printing and paper and there's a lot more to it. So I can get it done for around a dollar each. But if I were to pay somebody else to do it, oh, it would be, I mean, probably three to five dollars each. It would triple, if not quadruple or whatever times five is on the price of that. So I'm always making those decisions on how I'm spending my marketing dollars in my business, time versus money. Also, another area is leveraging your time, right? Leveraging your time in other areas of your life, not just your business. Professional organizers. I had quite a few clients that, and these were the clients that were the most devastated when I stopped organizing homes were my clients that were my regular, like my weekly clients. I had to find them a replacement, bless their hearts. I'm still friends with some of them, but these were the really busy folks who perhaps were also small business owners, or they just, for whatever reason, I had one that was a single mom of three kids and just super busy. And so I had like a generally a regular schedule with them where I would go over And I just had a routine, just keeping their home, taking care of all of those things that they just didn't want to have to deal with. They would rather pay the money to have somebody come and handle these items, and it freed up time for them to do other things in their life. So they really did understand this money versus time decision, and it was well worth the money spent to have them hire a professional organizer that they trusted that had access to their home, that they could trust and, for instance, drop off the Costco, leave the pile of donations, leave whatever the the 
hang the dry cleaning and I just knew what to go in and handle and take care of their home. And then when they came home from work, stuff was put away. I had one every year. I knew I had to go put away her Christmas decor and take down the Christmas tree. She did an immaculately beautiful, probably one of the most beautifully decorated homes for Christmas I have ever seen, but she hated putting away the Christmas decor. So she hired me every year. It was part of my thing. I just knew I'd go over first week of January, put everything away, had a system worked out pretty well for her. So time versus money, always decisions. Sometimes doing it ourselves is the quality time. I love cooking. If I can cook three meals a day for my family, I will not because I'm a better mother, wife, human, whatever. I just like cooking. I like coming up with super creative stuff. My youngest um, is hilarious. He's kind of, he likes to think of himself as a food critic. He likes to like critique my cooking. I think it's really super funny. And so it's that even though I am saving the money by doing the cooking myself, it's also quality. So sometimes there's a little bit of a combination in both because it's something that I enjoy doing. It's a creative outlet. I love trying new recipes and I love the quality time that I get to spend with my family, having the meal or having them help me prepare the meal. Sometimes paying the extra money allows us to free up other time to spend times doing things that matter or are important. I already went over that. So (laughs) forgive me. I think I jumped ahead of my notes a little bit. But anyway, this is, again, that that decision that we're always making is that if we can save a little bit of time, sometimes that is more important to us than anything because time, again, is the most precious resource that we have. And sometimes here, my friends that are like, well, I might need more. I need more business. Quantity does matter to me. I am here to tell you that sometimes more is okay. Oftentimes more is okay. Perhaps your business is based on volume. That is okay. There is nothing wrong with that. I've had times, especially as a professional organizer too, where volume counted. I had a team. I had slow periods. I kind of knew the rhythm of the business when our slow season was going to be. And that's when I offered the discounts. That's when I offered the special deals because I needed to sort of drive up business. So I am not here to say that there is anything wrong whatsoever. If you are, your focus is on quantity. Um, You have to know your industry. You have to know your business. You have to know what season you are in life. Quantity was also important to me when I still had three kids under one roof and money was consistently flying out the door on a regular basis. I mean, we had kids in different clubs and babysitting and every, you name it. You know, if you're a parent out there, you know, kids are expensive. And when you have three, it's really, really expensive. So there were times and seasons where I had to focus on quantity. And perhaps if I had received that phone call, In that season of my life, I would have jumped all over that coaching program that promised me to X times my business. Um, And I did, to be fair, I there were times that I did jump into coaching and such back then to help me increase business to help me learn things, because I needed to earn extra or more money. So 
Nothing wrong if your focus is on quantity. And I will say, as far as quantity, pricing matters a lot. And so there's sort of that balance that you have to find with pricing, where depending on what season. So if you're trying to increase and focus on more quantity, then you generally have a very competitive pricing structure to whatever it is of the product or service that you're offering. And that goes with real estate too. There are realtors out there that focus on high volume. So per, so their um, pricing structure reflects that. There are realtors out there that focus on something completely different. And so they charge a lot more just like other industries. So professional organizers, definitely the same. I found I had to find the, the, um, that balance when running my business. I was offering my services for less money when I first started out. And a lot of that had to do with just testing the waters, maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome, um, fear, and so, but then when I realized, whoo, I'm getting a lot more business than I anticipated, I had to kind of raise my prices. And it was, I will say this, people were pretty forgiving uh, when it came to that. Um, they did kind of understand that they got a deal. And the kind of service, the quality that I offered kept most people, not everybody. Some people said not worth it, moved on. But I will say for the most part, we didn't get a lot of negative pushback when we did have to raise our prices a little bit. They still valued us, um, still valued the service that, that I and we, my team provided. So pricing is definitely something. And it's also, again, if you're selling your house, you need to hire someone that really understands your market and perhaps really understands how the pricing works in your market. Um, right now, at the current moment, what I'm seeing, and again, I do business in two different states, is that people are still kind of attached to like, well, my neighbor down the street last year, the year before got X amount for their house. That's what we want for our house. We have a different market. And so you really definitely need to hire somebody that's really knowledgeable and that's going to go in because houses that are overpriced, generally speaking, are not moving. They're, we're seeing a lot of price decreases if someone has overpriced. And that's a, a generalization that's not specific to every market. Some markets out there are still really, really hot. But pricing does matter. That as consumers, when we have our consumer hat on, we're, we're comparing prices of stuff. We're comparing a lot of different factors. So again, if quantity is where you're at, nothing wrong with that. Perhaps you would have welcomed that phone call from that coach and you would have jumped all over that program. That's awesome. That's awesome. I just am not there and I know that about myself. Okay. The reason I knew that about myself is because, and I know this sounds cliche, I know my why. I know my reasonings. Again, the great thing about that phone call, when I hung up, even when I had that little doubt, like, ooh, was I a little bit too tough on that chick? <laughs> and had the conversation with my husband that was very confirming where he said, no, you know your why right now. You understand what season of life you're in. And so don't stress about it. Don't worry about it. Just let it go. And that is something that, again, I know sometimes it can almost, it's almost become cliche is to know your why, but I am telling you, 
Let that be your driving force. If you don't know your why of why you are in this business, sit down with yourself with a pen and paper and start doing some brainstorming and figure it out. Why did you start this business? Why are you wanting to do this? And just get it out onto paper. I have done this for several years and I am pretty dialed into my why. My why has a lot to do with the way that I structure my life as far as how I spend my time. So freedom and I love to give. So if I am presented with an opportunity, I run it through that why filter. Is this going to support the freedom? Is this going to support the fact that I do have two kids that have grown and they're still important to me. I'm here to tell you moms and dads, if and when your children, I, I can I just say on a side note real quick, this something else that bugs me. It's like when you see these posts, I'm like, you only have 18 years or 18 summers with your kids. It bugs me. Sorry, it bugs me. I get what they're trying to say, like make the most of it, be a present parent, blah, blah, blah. I get it. You don't have 18 years with your kids. You have a lot more time with your kids. And this is coming from a mom who's who's had two children leave the nest. Guess what? I still talk to them on a regular basis. In fact, as I'm sitting here with my phone in front of me, I have one that is um, in the military. I just got an email. I'm like, I, dude, I just talked to you. And email he emails his mom. Super sweet, right? I mean, they're very much a part of my life. Don't get depressed. I know it's hard. And trust me, it will be hard when they do leave. But I'm also here to say, it's also a lot of fun when they do get older. They you just your relationship with your adult children enters another new season of your life. And it's a really good one. It's a really, really good one. It's so much fun to watch these creatures that you created and the choices they make. Sometimes they'll drive you nuts, but it's a lot of fun. It's also a lot of fun to watch them grow up. So don't don't get so down if you're if you're approaching that stage. You you have way more than eighteen summers with your kid. So tangent over. All right, so back to my why. So I understand my why, my freedom, my to give. I I I I'm I'm a giver. I like to give. So I like to have the freedom to be able to give. For instance, I the reason I don't work a, a typical 9 to 5 is because I like to do different things in my life. I like the freedom of being able to work from home. I do really really good working from home. I'm actually pretty productive. I'm actually more productive working from home than I am in office. I don't know why. If somebody walks by when I do go into the office, I will have a list of stuff I need to do and I never do it because I end up talking to everybody. So I'm actually way more productive at home, especially when no one is home. And I've set up my home where my family knows when I'm in work mode. Um, But also I like to do different things. Again, like the podcast. And this podcast is just as important to me as my other business. And even though my other business is my bread and butter, I like to be able to give information, support, advice, tips, et cetera, et cetera. So doing this podcast, when I have questioned whether it's worth my time, I have really had, it's come back and it's like, well, yeah, it's it's one of the things that you love to do. If it's into your why, you like to give. Same thing with my real estate 
I like to give really great service. I love to give advice. I love, 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 especially first time home buyers and help guiding them through that process of purchasing their first home and giving them the advice and the guidance that to help them. I really, I mean, that's why I continue to do it because there's been times where I'm like, oh, this industry is brutal. Do I really want to continue? As long as I'm really tuned into why I am doing this, then yeah, it helps me get over those humps on whether I should continue. Um, oh, I wanted to give another example of a why. I actually had a really great conversation with a girlfriend recently who she sometimes is even my one of my mentors. She doesn't realize it because we're just friends. We've been friends for many years, but um, she's definitely one of my mentors with business, even though she laughs when I say that, but she really does give great business advice. And, and she's a consultant. So she has a consulting firm and I was talking to her. And so she was telling me about an opportunity that had come up and I was like, Ooh, did you jump on that? Did you jump on that opportunity? And she told me no. And I was like, why? That's a lot of money. And she said, I, it's not about the money. She's like, I, right now I, make enough money. And I know for some people that might seem very like bourgeoisie kind of thing, but no, I'm I'm really um proud of her for knowing her why. And she has her own specific criteria when accepting new work. It, again, it's like her why filter. Like we should all have these why filters. Run it through. It's never going to be completely how we envision it. it's never going to give us completely 100% why we're doing our business or are in business. But again, she's like, you know, what? right now, because she works like project based things and consulting, I don't even 100% understand it. Sometimes it's like, way above my head way above my pay grade, but super smart gal. And she just understands she has almost like a very analytical mind when it comes to business. And so she understands the current projects she's working on, when their projected dates are, whether they're going to renew and or whether they're going to, that contract will end. And so that's kind of how she operates her business. And she has her own set of whys when accepting new work. And so she's actually been a really great, like I said, mentor, even though she would laugh if she heard me say that to me. Um... And really kind of understanding that. So it's been very confirming for me and my own businesses on it's okay to sometimes say no to an opportunity that just doesn't match my why. It's also really important, and I hope everyone out there is doing this, is to keep your eye on the goals. And if you don't have goals, you need to have goals, especially when it comes to business. Those goals need to be something that you have written down, that you are tracking, and that you are looking at daily. And yes, they can change sometimes. Remember, sometimes goals are like a roadmap. They're like GPS. Like you know where you're going this morning when you type in that address on your GPS, but it may, those directions may be a little bit different than when you mapped it out last night because perhaps there's a detour. Perhaps there's road construction. Perhaps there's an alternate route. It There's always something 
that is a little bit different, but generally you know where you're headed. And and goals sometimes can be finite. They can like have an end point and sometimes they kind of keep going on and you just keep writing that goal out and it changes along the way. So you definitely want to track your goals. And I always give an example of this when it came to One Organized Mama. I remember I had made a goal early on and I said, I just want, I want to make $5,000 a month. I want $5,000 in revenue. And this is when I was a one person team and I wrote it down. I kind of tracked it for a while. It got kind of busy, crazy. And then I hit a plateau at some point and I was like, sought some coaching, um, did kind of revisited the goals. And I realized that I had actually exceeded that for some time. So that's why I kind of plateaued a little bit there because I hadn't adjusted my goal a little bit on that. And and I did, and it doesn't mean it's always going to happen exactly, but it, it, a goal is literally like putting an address in your GPS's, your phone's GPS. So if you use Apple Maps, your goal, you need to get to this place. You have a goal. You have to be there by a certain time. You're putting that address in and it's kind of telling you how to take it. You're referring to that map to get to that goal. And yeah, again, sometimes they change, but at least you have an idea. It's something that you are very aware of. It's something that you're tracking. It's something that you're looking at on a regular basis. <clears throat> um, again, my husband... It was actually a really great support system and has been um, as I've transitioned the season of my life, made this major move, trying to figure out the different businesses that I'm doing. And so if you don't have a support system, if you don't have a, a spouse or and I'm hoping spouses are supportive and also here, I'm going to tell you here. My husband and I are far from being perfect in this department. There are moments where we can be a little too critical of each other. And so we have to sometimes say, hey, look, I need you to put on your supportive spouse hat right now. And even if you're kind of faking it, and sometimes I have to tell this to my husband, my husband doesn't, he's not small business minded. He's he's worked for bureaucracies pretty much his entire life. And so he's that he's that's what he's used to so sometimes he thinks I'm a complete loon for going into small business he's like I don't know why you put yourself through this he doesn't totally get it and so sometimes I have to communicate to him hey put on your supportive husband hat for just a minute I need to run something by you and so I have to communicate with him like I know you're going to be my biggest critic you're going to poke holes in my plan but I actually need you just to be like not so much a devil's advocate and more of a support system. So make sure you have someone in your life that understands your business. And you have to be very specific with this person. I always say, be careful who you share your business advice with, um, because not everybody gets it. And I, again, my husband doesn't completely get it. He, We have a lot of friends in small business. He thinks we're all crazy. Um, for doing it, he likes kind of having a nine to five, which is what he currently has, where for the most part, when he's done with work, for the most part, done. sometimes he has some projects he has to work on from home. 
but he can always close that laptop and then kind of walk away from it. His, his phone's not blowing up constantly like mine sometimes does. He's not having to leave, always leave the, uh, and, and his prior career he did, but right now, not so much. He's not having to leave the kid's baseball game to go take a phone call in the in the car where he can hear. So make sure you're specific and sometimes let your support system communicate to them what you're needing. Hey, I just need, I'm trying to brainstorm through this or I need you to kind of play devil's advocate. Every once in a while, I'm like, hey, I don't have to tell him put on the hat. He can do it automatically. Play devil's advocate. Here's my plan. Go ahead, poke holes in it. What am I missing? What am I not seeing? And so again, it's important to have a support system when you are in small business. But bottom line, I think overall my point in this podcast is don't feel obligated just to make someone else happy. I certainly want you to explore all opportunities. I want you to say yes when really great, exciting opportunities are being presented to you. But I really don't want you just to do it to please or appease others. I really want you to have an understanding and not necessarily, and I don't want you to be apologetic either. Like I said, you have to decide, is your business in a quantity season or quality, or hopefully it's a little bit of both because if we don't have that quantity coming in, then our, we're probably not going to be in business for much longer. Guys, I just want to um, point out again, so part of my business plan for this podcast is to continue to grow the community. I would love, love, love to have more small business owners um, be a member of the One Organized Mama Listeners membership. If you look in the show notes, you're going to see a buy me a link. I, I make it very clear. Sometimes there's an arrow there to the buy me a coffee. And you can tap on it and it will take you to the Buy Me a Coffee page. I like using this platform I'm finding because it kind of allows me to have a combination of like announcements. So you can follow if you're like, I'm still not sure. You can just come on as a follower. You can tap on the membership. You can join as a member. Um, I have a Facebook group that's for members only. It is not available to the public, and that's very, very intentional because I don't, I don't want it available to the public. I want it to be very intentional, the type of group that I am um, growing in there, and I would love more small business owners in there, and it would be an opportunity for you to connect with other people. I would be happy to allow people to grow your following, share what your business is, connect with other business owners that may or may not be in your same industry. So again, $9 a month. And the avenue to join that is through the Buy Me a Coffee link. Click on membership. Again, if you have any questions, you can always shoot me an email at oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. Or if you would be so kind, um, definitely offer some support. You can just offer support to the podcast. I would be happy to read your message. You can buy me a coffee. So in the same tab, just click on support. And you can write a little note with your support. And I'd be happy to share that on the podcast. So and again, I really this is also a quantity versus quality. I just thought of this. If I opened that Facebook group as a public group, yeah, I'd get quantity, I'd get tons and tons of people in there. 
what about the quality of the people that I'm getting in there? Not so much. Not It doesn't always work out that way. If you're part of any social media group, and I've, I've joined some that have tens of thousands of people, I can't exactly say that it, there's a lot of quality going on in a lot of those groups. It is mostly about the quantity of people. And what I one of the areas I really want quality is with this Facebook listener group. I've connected with so many of you guys over the years, and I would love for you to connect with one another in a very quality kind of setting. So that's why I don't have it open to the public. Um, so anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the One Organized Mama podcast. If you guys have any questions again about the membership, again, feel free to shoot me an email, oneorganizedmama at gmail.com, and I'll see you next time.